are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Pistons Podcast. Before we get into today's episode, let me tell you about the live NBA Draft Show hosted by NBA Draft GOAT Chad Ford, Locked On NBA Draft host Rafael Barlow, and Locked On NBA host John Corrales. We'll be live this year covering the NBA Draft. It's Locked On NBA Draft 2021 brought to you by Built Bar. Get local expert analysis on each pick. Follow Locked On NBA on YouTube today and watch our live coverage on July 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Per usual, I am your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me on Twitter, at Kuka Hill NBA. You can find me over on YouTube, at Kuz Ballroom. You can also find me at Detroit Bad Boys, writing articles about the Pistons. And today, guys, we're going to be talking about Kate Cunningham. Shocking, right? Um, but there actually was a rumor that came out today on Pistons Twitter and throughout uh, you know, just the speculation cycle that the Pistons were offered, quote-unquote, a pretty hefty offer from OKC down to number six pick. We'll talk about what that offer is. And if I would have taken it, what I think about it, etc. Woj also came out with a tweet today, and it kind of isn't really too different from what he said on ESPN a few days ago. Basically, that the Pistons have not zeroed completely on Kay Cunningham this week, and that they are still keeping their options open, even though he expects them this week to come and obviously zero in on Kay Cunningham, which obviously, duh, the draft is this week. So I don't know if he really said anything too groundbreaking there I guess we can talk about that a little bit whether I buy that and whether I believe the Pistons are completely in on Kate or not and yeah we'll see where this takes us by the way before we get going let me just say my AC was fixed today kind of uh the dude came through and fixed uh the AC unit itself but apparently the AC or the air is not coming out of the vents they don't know why and they can't really fix it so um it's not as bad as yesterday when I recorded and I was dying and and sweating bullets but uh, it's not as good as it could be, and yeah, but whatever. It's better than today, uh, than it was yesterday, so I thought I should update you guys on that since I let you guys know how bad and how, how awful I felt yesterday in this sauna, basically, of a house. But yeah, that was somewhat fixed, so I feel a little bit better. Obviously, it's not as high as yesterday, like I said, but anyways, let's move into the trade rumor that was apparently happening with the Pistons and OKC. Apparently, OKC, according to a source, I don't know if it's completely true. Obviously, it's just a, it's just a rumor. It's a source. Take it for what you will. But apparently OKC offered the Pistons SGA and the number six pick to trade up and get the number one overall pick, and the Pistons declined it. So right off the bat, before we dive into it, Koo, would you deny this trade? Yes, I would. I would also say no to this trade, um, and we'll dive into those reasons. Do I actually believe that this trade was offered? Uh, not I'm, Maybe. I'm not sure. I'm not completely buying it, but I'm also not completely ruling it out. Like... Like, if, I, if we find out that it actually did happen, I wouldn't be shocked. I also wouldn't be shocked to find out if this was, like, not true at all. But, yeah, let me go ahead and dive into the reasons why I would say no to this trade. So, for first reason, we've talked about this all, all basically, offseason since the Pistons won the lottery. Um, we've talked about this. Kay Cunningham is supposed to be, like, this franchise guy. He's supposed to be the guy. He's that good. We have people literally, I've said this, like, a few podcasts ago, that we have people literally walking all the way up to the line 
of calling him generational without calling him generational, which damn near means he's generational. Uh, we had a few, I forget, uh, what's his name, Smith, uh, one of the NBA draft uh, guys. I think his last name is Smith. I might be pronouncing it wrong. But he said that he could possibly be like the third best prospect of the past decade. SGA is good. He's not that good. He, I don't think SGA was ever that type of prospect. He also was not. Um, while SGA is really good, let me just say that. Like, I don't want people to think I don't think SGA is good. He is really good. But if Kay Cunningham really is the third best prospect of the past decade, uh, he's worth a hell of a lot more than SGA. That's one. Two, um, SGA is 23. And yes, that's not old at all. That's still really young. But that does accelerate the Pistons' timeline if you do that type of trade. Uh, Kay Cunningham, obviously, is 18, 19 years old. You basically would just be accelerating the timeline of the Pistons' restoration or rebuild. And I don't know if that's something that I would want to do at all with SGA. SGA is good. But he's just I just don't think he's that type of good to where you should be making that type of trade for him when you have a guy at the top of the draft that people are coming close to saying he's generational um, at 18, 19 years old. That's not the kind of trade that I'd do uh, for someone like SGA. I'm sorry, I'm just, I just wouldn't do it. And then thirdly, a reason that I don't feel like people are talking about enough, which is one of the biggest reasons for it. So let's go ahead and pull up SGA's contract for you guys. He is currently still on his rookie deal. He has not signed an extension. So currently, he's still getting paid $5 million a year, which means next season, because he was drafted in 1819, next year he becomes a restricted free agent. And that means the Pistons will have to pay him. I do not want to do that. The, the whole One of the biggest things about being able to draft, like let's say Kay Cunningham is the guy. Like it, we just Let's just look into the future. Let's say, okay, yeah, this guy actually is the franchise guy. Yeah, this guy actually is like one of the, the best prospects we've seen. Yeah, this guy actually is really good, really dope. You want to know what else is like the big thing with that? It's the fact that he's on a rookie scale contract and you don't have to worry about paying him for at least a few more years. Or, I mean, you could sign him to a contract extension, but it's not going to kick in for at least like another four years, five years, somewhere around there. So that's a very big thing, especially with the Pistons having that salary cap that they have right now. That would be, you would basically be taking up all the salary cap that the Pistons have right now to, you wouldn't just be trading basically the number one overall pick for, uh, for SGA. You also would be trading your 2022, 2023, um, salary cap for SGA. And once again, SGA is not that good for me to want to do that. Like right now, the Pistons only have $51 million on the books for the 2022, 2023 season, um, that could obviously go higher with Hamadou Diallo being a restricted free agent this year. Frank Jackson becoming a free, restricted free agent this year. Um, who knows what they do with Sekou. Uh, that It could all change a little bit, go a little bit higher. But still, they're going to have a decent amount of space that season. And then in 2023-2024, they only have $20 million on the books right now. Obviously, that's way looking ahead. But right now, they have a clean cap sheet. They, they don't have no like dead, dead weight on there. Like They have, after 2021-2022 season, when Blake Griffin's contract comes off, they don't have any more dead weight. And it's a clean cap sheet. If you get SGA, you're looking at having to pay him probably a max contract. And it really is getting in the NBA, at least in my opinion, it's getting to a point where it's kind of like the NFL with the quarterbacks. Like, you don't even really have to earn that kind of max contract. It's usually just like who's next up. Like, if you're up and you're a decent player and you're good, like, you basically get that contract. And I, I'm, if I'm the Pistons, I'm not doing that for SGA. I'm kicking the tires down the line to four or five years on a guy who possibly could be a generational prospect and generational player, not for SGA. That right there is probably my biggest reason. I don't. I just would not want to sacrifice that cap space for SGA. I know there's people out there saying that you know if, if you're not willing to pay SGA, what exactly are you planning to do with that cap space? I mean, having a clean cap sheet does so many things. One, you can sign free agents, you can recruit free agents. If you don't want to believe the Pistons can do that, I can't blame you. But also, 
you can trade for guys on bigger contracts. You can trade some of the assets the Pistons have there on rookie contracts, smaller contracts, draft picks, etc. You can take on a bigger contract without destroying your team and putting yourself into the luxury tax, which we saw the Pistons do with the Blake Griffin trade. Like They just completely handicapped themselves once they made that trade. There was no way of really improving. Um, if they have this kind of clean cap sheet right now, and obviously, like I said, with the restricted free agency of Diallo and Frank Jackson coming up, uh, it, it will raise a little bit. But they're still going to have a relatively clean cap sheet, and that's not just that's just not something I, I want to sacrifice for SGA. I, he's not that type of player where you should be doing that. And there is one more reason why I would say no to this trade, but before I reveal that reason, let me tell you about one of our sponsors, Rock Auto. You ever need a part for your car, head to the store, go through a ton of confusing questioning just for one of the workers to tell you they don't have the part that you're looking for? I know I have. That's why you should avoid all these problems and rock with another one of our sponsors, rockauto.com. Find whatever part you're looking for on your computer or in your hand on your phone by using rockauto.com. Don't worry about having to create an account or making a membership. Just head over to rockauto.com and start shopping. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest and most reliable prices. Head over to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. So, anyways, the final reason of why I would say no to this rumored SGA and six for number one pick uh, trade is simply the draft pick that they would be giving up. OKC has a lot more assets on them, and me and Bryce uh, from Motor City Hoops have talked on. Uh, it was we've talked about this multiple times on the podcast. I think the last time we talked about it was maybe like five or six podcasts ago. We hit on it, but um, we hit on it is that. OKC's draft picks, draft picks are overvalued to some extent. Like, you don't know where these draft picks are going to be. You don't know who's going to be available in what draft. You don't know where they're going to, the draft picks are going to land. But even with that, OKC has more to offer than that. So if they were to try to go after number one pick, you definitely are trying to tax them out of those draft picks as well. That's number one. And number two, um, the number six pick, I just don't think is something that the Pistons are really interested in doing. The only way that I see any type of way any type of like avenue to the Pistons moving number one pick, which I just don't think they're going to do. They're going to draft Cade. Uh, but if they, there was an avenue for me to see that the Pistons trade that number one overall pick to somebody, I basically said this today on Twitter that it would have to be Houston. Houston's the only team that could really get it because if they don't get Cade, everything has pointed to them getting green. Like The only way they don't draft Cade is if they move back to get Jalen Green, and he'll be gone at number two. There's no way Detroit's moving all the way back to six when they won't have a chance at Cade, Green, or Mobley, and who knows who's going to be there at six. They just won the NBA draft. There's no way you can convince me that they're going to want to fall back to six. That's even without talking about Jalen Green, how they like, how much they like him and all the reports. Take all that out of it. There's no way the Pistons are going from winning the, winning the lottery to flying back to six, where they could have fallen to to begin with. I just don't see that happening. Then you combine the fact that they really like Jalen Green, apparently, outside of Cade. They really like Cade, and apparently... It seemed from reports that Troy Weaver is all in on Cade. But they also seem to really like Jalen Green. Those two are their guys. There's no way that they're making a trade to move out of the chance to get either of them. So unless OKC was able to get a trade done with OKC or something and then use the number two pick to then move up to the Pistons, I mean, I, I, that's, that would be the only route, I think. And then even at that point, I think you would have to give up SGA just to get to the number two pick for Houston. And then what are you offering the Pistons? Just picks? And I, cause I don't, that's not doing it. So I, I really don't see why the Pistons would do that trade. If you're really, really high in SGA, I mean, I guess then. 
But I, I don't think anyone's really thinking SGA is going to be like a top 10, top 15 player in the league. I don't think that's what's happening. Uh, he can be a legit point guard. He can be a legit all-star, I think, maybe. But I, I don't know if he's anything more than that. The league's really deep at the guard position, too. So it's like he may be really good and he may be like really damn good. But there's just a lot of other guards that are better than him. I just don't know if he's a franchise player. And unless you're a franchise player or have a chance to become a franchise player, you don't you don't make that trade at the number one pick. So, I, and the crazy thing is, I saw on Twitter that apparently Pistons fans thought it was an awful trade, and then Thunder fans also thought it was an awful trade for them. So it's just like you have Thunder fans saying, "Oh, why would the Thunder make this trade? They're getting fleeced." Then you got the Pistons saying, "Why would we make the trade?" We're getting fleeced. It's kind of funny to see both fan bases saying the same thing about trade. And it's never usually accurate for either side. I don't think it's an awful trade. I think it's a reasonable trade for OKC to offer. I just don't think the Pistons take it. Like, the Pistons aren't laughing at them and hang up the phone. Like, he's saying, all right, well, that's a decent offer. But, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say no. Like, it's a respectable offer. I'll give OKC that. If they actually did offer it, it's respectable. Just, I'm going to have to respectfully also say no. But, yeah, those are my overall thoughts about the whole rumor trade with SGA and the number six pick. I, I think... The main reason that I think people really need to stick to is that salary cap reason. I just don't think it makes sense for the Pistons to trade for someone who they have to immediately pay for next year. They're going to have to immediately give him damn near a max contract. If not the max contract, it just doesn't make sense to me. That's not something that you want to do with your cap space once they finally clear their cap sheet. But if you guys disagree with me, let me know. If you guys agree with me, let me know in the reviews down below. If you want to leave a review, if you haven't already, leave that review down there and let me know what you guys think. Also, you can hit me up on Twitter at NBA or at Pistons. Let me know what you guys think about that rumor trade. But moving forward, we have a report from Woj Narowski, the god Woj who knows everything there is about NBA rumors or insight, anything. Um, he was on ESPN Count... Actually, no, not ESPN Countdown. There's no games. I forget what show it was. I think it was like an NBA draft like preview or something like that special, whatever. And they had him on there, and they asked him about... I think it was him and Zach Lowe. They were asking him about the Pistons. And he went on to say, you know, I think the Pistons are going to zero in on Kate Cunningham this week. They're going to eventually make him their number one pick. But as of right now, they're not completely, like, they haven't guaranteed that it's Cade. Which makes sense. I mean, like we've talked about, Troy River's not going to show his hand. He's going to continue to wait to see if he gets the best offer. Now, I know people actually, people on Twitter saying, and I know there's a lot of Pistons fans out there who are also saying this that are not on Twitter. I'm sorry that I always say on Twitter, by the way. I know a lot of you guys aren't on Twitter. It's just where I'm, I get the most feedback from, so I always say that. But I guess I should probably stop doing that. But anyways, I know there's a lot of Pistons fans out there who think, you know, this kind of confirms the reports that the Pistons aren't really buying in on Cade or not sold on Cade. I don't think that's what it is. I think it's because it's very clear that it's been made that there is a godfather offer out there that a team could make that the Pistons would say yes to. Now, would a team actually offer that type of trade? Hell no. I just don't see a team being dumb enough to offer that. But if you guarantee it now, you're you're shutting off all those trade talks in the next three days. And if a GM wants to be stupid enough to offer that godfather offer that just cripples their team but absolutely saves the Pistons, then go ahead. Like, I'm sure there's probably some kind of offer Houston can give that gives them, like, the number two pick so they can get Jalen Green. And then also, I don't know what the hell the Pistons would want. Like, would they want Christian Wood and KPJ and then, like, multiple first-round picks? I mean, would that be good? Possibly. Maybe. Like, there's a godfather offer out there. We know that for sure. So if Troy Brewer were to shut, shut it down right now, he would shut out the chance of possibly getting that godfather offer in the next three days. So I don't believe it's because he's, they're not sold on Cade. Obviously, there's been reports that there's other people in the Pistons organization that are not as high on Cade. But there's also reports saying that Troy Reaver and Arn Tellum are the ones that are completely in on Cade. And that's all that really matters. Because those guys, Troy Reaver's the guy making the decision. Arn Tellum is right there with them. 
So if those two guys are on Cade, I don't really care what anybody else in the organization feels. I, I believe wholeheartedly with my report I made a couple weeks ago and also all the reports that have happened since then, the Pistons want Cade. But also, from this what Roach said, I think it's kind of like... Basically, you know how you guys on the podcast, I've said multiple times, I feel like I'm just saying everything over and over just in different ways about Cade Cunningham because we have to talk about Cade, obviously, and basically we end up saying the same thing because there's like not much else to say. I feel like that's basically what this Woj report was because we all knew that the Pistons were not going to just like, oh yeah, the Pistons are making the pick to be Cade Cunningham. We know this four days in the like We knew that wasn't going to happen. We knew Troy Reaver wasn't going to make that the case. We've known for weeks that Troy Reaver and Arntellum are the guys that are in on Cade. We know, we've known for weeks that there's some people in the Pistons organization that also really like Jalen Green. Like, we've known all this for weeks, and we all just keep coming back. Everything falls back. Literally, every report from The Athletic, all those articles that I talked about from there, from, from James, from, from Sam what Sam Versini. I don't know if I said his last name right. There also was another article from The Athletic. We had another one from Bleacher Report. All of them. All of it starts with the speculation at the top. Talking about they like Jalen Green. They really like this dude. Uh, they're, they're a big fans of him. And then at the very end, it always goes back to even the world's report from today and also him on that ESPN show a few days ago. All of it always comes back to, well, it looks like the Pistons are probably going to go to Kate Cunningham anyways. Like, they like Katie Cunningham more. Or, yeah, they like this dude, but eventually they're going to zero in on Kate Cunningham when it's draft day. Like, everything has said the same thing over and over. So I know, like, I know Pistons fans want to talk about this, and they this is obviously news that needs to be talked about. But really, I just feel like we're going, we're just saying the same thing over and over. There's nothing more to say about it. We all know the Pistons are zeroed in on Cade. They're not going to select anybody else with that number one overall pick, by the way. No one else is going number one. I, there's reports saying that Jalen Green wants to go number one. I'm sorry, it's not happening. He's not going number one. The only way he becomes a Pistons is if the Pistons go down to two and get him. So, number one overall pick is always it's going to be Cade no matter what. So unless Houston comes forward with this absolute godfather offer that's going to cripple their team, which, by the way, it was reported two days ago that Houston said, you know what, basically F it, that trade offer is not going to happen. You're asking us to destroy our team for, for Kay Cunningham. We're just going to back off of it, and we're happy with Jalen Green. And that is that not what I told you guys weeks ago? Like, I'm not saying that report 100% is right. I'm not saying that there's, like, absolute zero chance that Pistons don't do anything. There's always a chance. But did I not tell you guys weeks ago that basically was it? That he, Kate Cunningham was the overwhelming favorite, barring a Godfather offer. I said this a month ago. Like, a, I, actually, it might be a month and a half ago now. When did the Pistons win the lottery? It's been a while. It's been a month, right? I said this like three weeks ago, I think. But either way, I told you guys weeks ago that this was the case. So it's like leading up to the draft, we're basically just saying different things. Like, Woe just saying a different thing, just using different words. So that's why I took away from his report. Nothing really new. Nothing really like really to like catch my eyes or anything. It's nothing really worrisome. Or, or anything for me to take away, really. I, this is basically what I've thought and believed and have been told for a month now. But, anyways, let me know what you guys think about that as well on Twitter, at NBA or at LockedOnPistons, or, as usual, down below in the reviews, leave me a five-star rating, and leave your thoughts down below in the review section. But also, we also had some minor news, I guess you could call it, with Hamadou Diallo and Frank Jackson today. We'll talk about that in the final segment, touch on that a little bit, and then possibly... Touch on a bunch of other tiny things to end the podcast. But before we go into that, let me tell you about another one of our sponsors, BetOnline AG. Betting is now legal in Michigan. And if you're anything like me, you want to take advantage of that instantly. However, there's one problem I constantly ran into. There's just so many different apps to bet through. Which betting app is the best to use? Which one is the best for me? That's why I found BetOnline. The fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NFL and NBA season might be over, but the MLB is still in full swing. And even if you don't want to bet on sports... 
You can take your adventures beyond sports with Bet Online. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV, things I didn't even know you could bet on. Bet Online has real time updated odds and props on just about anything you can imagine. Bet Online is the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head over to Bet Online now to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit and make sure you use promo code LOCKED ON. Online, the online sportsbook experts. So, in minor news today, since Kay Cunningham dominates everything newsworthy for the Pistons, it's probably going to be like that for the next few years, to be honest. Um, but in some minor news, we had Frank Jackson and Hamadou Diallo were offered their qualifying offer, officially making them restricted free agents. So, obviously, the big takeaway there is, you know, they're going to be restricted free agents. We're going to see what offers they get from other teams. We'll see if Frank Jackson comes to terms with... I think Frank Jackson is most likely to come to terms to a deal with the Pistons uh, before like he even gets like offers from other teams. I think they'll just like sign him and, and agree to a contract with him. You won't really, really have to go through that restricted free agency little battle, whatever. Uh, but Hamadou Diallo 100% is going to go through that battle, and it just confirms you know that's going to be what it is. Uh, both guys, restricted free agents, we'll see how that plays out. But there is something else, minor news, that Saban Lee apparently was not offered a qualifying offer, which was shocking to me. I'm confused about how this all works. Because he was our second round pick. But apparently I read today, if I'm incorrect and you want you guys know this, and you guys happen to know the salary cap more than me or, or some rules about it that I'm missing, let me know. But I read today that apparently the Pistons signed Saban Lee to a two-way contract, making him a restricted free agent this offseason if they offered him a qualifying offer. And he's not technically on the roster right now if they don't. And they did not offer him or extend his qualifying offer to them today. So that does not mean they're not going to eventually do that. However... I do think that's at least something to watch for because maybe that means Troy Weaver isn't completely in on Saban Lee possibly being the backup point guard or third point guard. Maybe he wants to address that with one or two or three of the second-round draft picks he has. Maybe he wants to address it in free agency. Who knows? Maybe he wants to address it in a trade. Who knows? But I, I do think that the fact that those two guys were offered their qualifying offer and Saban Lee was not makes it to where that's something you should at least watch for. Maybe it's nothing. Maybe they end up extending the qualifying offer like a week from now. Or when does the... Wait, no, because free agency starts in like six days, doesn't it? So who knows? Maybe they offered it, uh, extend his qualifying offer in a few days. Maybe they're just waiting a little bit. Who knows? But I, I think that's something you should watch for. Maybe the Pistons are in the market for a point guard, a backup point guard. I saw some people talking about Eric Bledsoe possibly. They take uh, another, a first-round pick from... Where did he just get traded to? Uh, Memphis. They take uh, Eric Bledsoe in, their, in a first-round draft pick to get back into the first round this year and absorb his contracts if they have like the capture to do it. Maybe they want to t- uh, grab an asset that type of way. Who knows? Maybe maybe they go that route. I personally would rather not do that. But I think everything's on the table. So that's going to be interesting to see what they do with that whole third point guard spot because I, I do believe that they're going to just interchange Killian and Cade at that point guard spot, interchange their minutes, and, and you know when one comes out, one comes in, etc., uh, but they do still need that third point guard. So it'll be interesting to see what they do if they do decide not to go with Saban Lee. So keep your eye on that one. And some other minor news, I guess. Um, I've been watching a lot more Seku film. I was, If you guys follow me on Twitter, at KukuHillNBA, uh, I was tweeting out random clips of his today with no context at all. I was just literally just tweeting the clips with no caption. And I asked people just like to pick up on what I was saying, what do you guys think I was saying with his clips. And all of them were assists. And I just want to talk about this real quick. Seku, something I've noticed from watching film with him, and I said this 
I've said this for a long time, but it even jumps off the it jumps off the screen even more when you go back and watch film and, and you're just like watching for it, it jumps off even more. Seku is so good at like attacking closeouts, and this past season in that final third of the uh, year that we all uh, I'm constantly talking about, in which he played really well and showed that he might possibly could be breaking through that wall. Not only was he really good at attacking closeouts, he was really good at making passes off the closeouts as well. Not just dump offs either. He had one pass to Sadiq Bay. He drove down the left baseline, pump faked, did a spin around. But before he went up with the shot, he whipped a pass to Sadiq sitting on the right wing. Uh, his defender was helping in the paint, ball watching. Great pass to make. There was another one where he beat uh, one of the Chicago Bulls defenders off the dribble from the from the right wing. Gave him a pump fake, attacked the closeout, gave him a nice little crossover, then into a Euro step and dumped it off to an easy Isaiah Stewart dunk. He had another one against, um, I believe it was the Thunder, when he comes right down the middle off another, again, all three of these coming off attacking closeouts. Attacks the closeout, gets into the paint, gives Mason Plumlee a nice high pass to finish around the rim. There's a lot of these. He made a lot of these good passes. There's another one, too, that I really like to see from him. He was operating basically a dribble handoff. Frank Jackson decided not to take it, went back door. He gives him a nice one-handed bounce pass between uh, the defenders. Nice things. I think Seiku showcased... Um, going back and watching the film, passing was actually pretty good down the line last year. He showed some some improvement in that area and possibly some potential there. I think I think it's good to see. I, that's something that really popped off when I was watching film today on him. So you guys know I'm a big Seiku guy, but that's something I just want to bring up. If you guys haven't seen those clips, I would suggest for you guys to go again to my Twitter at Kuku Hill NBA and look at the clips I had uploaded. Look through all of them. They're really some impressive plays, man. Even if you're not a big Seiku fan. That those are plays are impressive to see. You can't you can't deny. It. Those are just really good plays to see. And lastly, before we wrap up the podcast, let me go ahead and talk about this Killian Hayes and Sado Baby thing. Is man, we talked about it in the last podcast with Bryce, but let me go ahead and give my thoughts on it a little bit more. What the hell is up with this man? That that one hundred percent is awkward as hell. By the way, one hundred percent is awkward as hell for one of Detroit's like bigger name rappers. Whether you think he actually like one of the best ones from Detroit, I know some people really don't think that he's just one of the bigger names. But either way, he's one of the biggest names from Detroit right now. And he openly does not like your possible franchise point guard. Uh, I think that uh, that's incredibly awkward. Also, the fact that apparently he's cool with Josh Jackson. Um, that could make it awkward b- between Killian and Josh. Uh, that, that, that whole situation is weird. I had a few guys tweet me also about that conversation we had on that last podcast about Detroit rappers. And I know one of you guys was really offended that I said that a lot of people don't seem to like Eminem and don't like the fact that he represents Detroit. Listen, I like Eminem. I'm a big Eminem guy. I love Eminem. I go back and listen to his old albums all the time. I even messed with his last album, Part B of Music to Be Murdered By. The first part, not so much. But Part B, I think, is some of his best work over the past decade. Um, I like Eminem. But he also, there's a lot of people from Detroit that just simply don't feel like he represents that side. But I know there's one of you guys, actually. There's actually someone who left a review and was really pissed that I talk about hip-hop at all. So I guess I should probably chill with talking about all of that. So I guess we can go ahead and wrap the podcast right there. Thank you guys for listening to today's podcast. If you guys liked it and you guys haven't already, make sure you go down below, follow the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, and also leave a five-star review. Leave a review down below. You can ask a question for the mailbag on Wednesday. Also, you could leave a Kool-Aid segment uh, submission for Friday. Also, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Kukahil on NBA Wild. I said that completely wrong. Also, follow me at Pistons. Follow the podcast Twitter account. But... Until next episode, I'll see you guys later. Have a great day, everybody, and peace out.